Welcome to our Good Friday Guided Prayer Walk. Our hope for you is that you'll listen and walk as we take you through the stations of the cross. If, however, you're unable to go for a walk at this time, we invite you to simply find a quiet place to listen. The stations of the cross are representations of the path Jesus walked on his way to the crucifixion. They will involve Jesus enduring suffering, insults, moments of support, and relay the intense sacrifice that we believe Jesus undertook for human salvation. Along the way, there will also be time to reflect on what you've heard and pray. The entire walk will take about 45 minutes. About 10 minutes before the end of the track, you'll be asked to take communion. You're welcome to bring some elements with you or return home for the taking of communion. Anything will work for the elements, bread, cracker, cookie, juice, soda, water, wine, it doesn't matter. Finally, we would love to hear about your experience. So please take a picture and send them to us. You can post them to the Good Friday Prayer Walk event on Facebook or email them to us at admin at genesis-church.com. Station 1, Jesus on the Mount of Olives. Then, accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, Pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping? he asked them. Get up and pray, so that you will not give in to temptation. Let's reflect on the strength Jesus had as he was praying. Because he knew the challenges that were to come in just a few short hours, yet he continued to submit to his Father's will. Let the current trials of your life come to mind, and pray over them, as Jesus did for God to remove this challenge from your life, but even if he doesn't, that his will would be done in that situation. Let's pray for that now. Station 2. Jesus is betrayed by Judas and is arrested. 
But even as Jesus said this, a crowd approached, led by Judas, one of the twelve disciples. Judas walked over to Jesus to greet him with a kiss. But Jesus said, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priests and asked, How much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And they gave him thirty pieces of silver. From that time on, Judas began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. When Judas, who had betrayed him, realized that Jesus had been condemned to die, he was filled with remorse. So he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priest and the elders. I have sinned, he declared, for I have betrayed an innocent man. What do we care, they retorted. That's your problem. Then Judas threw the silver coins down in the temple and went out and hanged himself. It is hard to equate the value of silver coins in today's economy. In that society, the rich were very rich and the poor were very poor. To Judas, this would have been a substantial amount of money, possibly even as much as a half year's wages. Judas put a value on his relationship with Jesus. How much is Jesus worth to you? Let's pray, asking Jesus to be your everything. Station 3, Jesus is condemned by the Sanhedrin. The book of Luke tells us that at daybreak all the elders of the people assembled, including the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. Jesus was led before this high council and they said, Tell us, are you the Messiah? But he replied, If I tell you, you won't believe me. And if I ask you a question, you won't answer. But from now on the Son of Man will be seated in the place of power at God's right hand. They all shouted, So are you claiming to be the Son of God? And he replied, You say that I am. Why do we need other witnesses, they said. We ourselves heard him say it. The Jewish officials didn't understand what it meant for Jesus to be the Messiah. Even his own followers didn't understand what it meant. So they scattered and hid in his hour of crisis. Right now, as we face a world in crisis, let's pray for strength to not be like the disciples that fled but to be bold in proclaiming the gospel of Christ, the true help in our time of need. Let's pray.
Station 4, Peter Denies Jesus. So they arrested him and led him to the high priest's home, and Peter followed at a distance. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyards and sat around it, and Peter joined them there. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, This man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, You must be one of them. No, man, I am not, Peter retorted. About an hour later, someone else insisted, This must be one of them because he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. As we go into reflection on this passage, bring to mind the messiness and destruction of your own sin and what it has created. Confess these sins up to God and receive the fullness of his forgiveness. For we know, the Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Let's pray and confess. Station 5. Jesus is judged by Pilate. Then Pilate called together the leading priests and other religious leaders, along with the people, and he announced his verdict. You brought this man to me, accusing him of leading a revolt. I have examined him thoroughly on this point, in your presence, and find him innocent. Herod came to the same conclusion and sent him back to us. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty. So I will have him flogged, and then I will release him. Then a mighty roar rose from the crowd, and with one voice they shouted, Kill him, and release Barabbas to us. Barabbas was in prison for taking part in an insurrection in Jerusalem against the government, and for murder. Pilate argued with them, because he wanted to release Jesus. But they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he demanded, Why? What crime has he committed? I have found no reason to sentence him to death. So I will have him flogged, and then I will release him. But the mob shouted louder and louder, demanding that Jesus be crucified. 
and their voices prevailed. So Pilate sentenced Jesus to die, as they demanded. As they had requested, he released Barabbas, the man in prison for insurrection and murder, but he turned Jesus over to them to do as they wished. As you reflect on this, think of this. Jesus' only crime was that he claimed to be the Son of God, the King of the Jews. Focus on the thought that Jesus sacrificed himself, his body, his happiness, any plans he may have had for a future to serve us. Let's pray a prayer of thanksgiving at this wonderful gift of sacrificial love. Station 6. Jesus is scourged and crowned with thorns. The guards in charge of Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and said, Prophesy to us, who hit you that time? And they hurled all sorts of terrible insults at him. The soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put a purple robe on him. Hail, King of the Jews, they mocked, as they slapped him across the face. Scholars have shown that the thorns from which Jesus' crown was composed were long and terribly sharp. No doubt they dug deep into the head of the suffering king. We can't really imagine the physical pain not to mention the emotional and spiritual anguish endured by the King of Kings. But we have experienced pain here on earth to some extent. Let's spend a few minutes praying over any pain you are experiencing today and ask God to use it to bring you closer into relationship. Station 7. 
Jesus takes up the cross. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. So, though they led him out to crucify him, Jesus was no passive victim. He picked up his cross and walked to Golgotha because he had chosen the way of suffering. He believed this to be the will of God, the way by which he would realize his messianic destiny. Jesus chose to suffer and die so that he might fulfill Isaiah's vision of the suffering servant of God, the one who was despised and rejected by others, a man of sorrows and acquainted with deepest grief. As you walk, find two sticks and place them between your fingers to make a cross. Carry your cross with you as you go through the remainder of the walk. Station 8. Simon of Cyrene helps Jesus to carry his cross. Luke tells us, as they led Jesus away, a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, happened to be coming in from the countryside. The soldiers seized him and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. Beaten and brutalized, Jesus physically succumbed to the injuries of his sentence. Unable to carry the instrument of his death, an innocent bystander was recruited to help Jesus. Interestingly enough, Jesus still requests our help today, doesn't he? For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Pray that you may be able to carry the burden of the crosses that you have been chosen to bear.
Station 9, Jesus Meets the Women of Jerusalem. A large crowd trailed behind, including many grief-stricken women. But Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves and of your children. For the days are coming when they will say, Fortunate indeed are the women who are childless, the wombs that have not borne a child, and the breasts that have never nursed. People will beg the mountains, fall on us, and plead with the hills, bury us. For if these things are done when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? If anyone is to blame for the death of Jesus, we are, because we have sinned. In the death of Jesus, we see the punishment we deserved for our sin, and rightly, we feel appalled. But then, then the mystery of grace astounds us. We realize that Jesus is bearing our sin so that we might be forgiven, that he is dying in our place so that we might live in his place. Have you prayed to receive this gift of grace? Whether it's your first time or even the hundredth time, Let's pray and thank him for that gift now. Station 10, Jesus is Crucified. When they came to a place called the Skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. When the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what had happened, he worshiped God and said, surely this man was innocent. The first words that Jesus spoke after being nailed to the cross were ones of forgiveness. Right up to his final hours on earth, Jesus preaches forgiveness. He teaches forgiveness in the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray this aloud together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Take a moment to pray and ask God to show you someone that you need to extend forgiveness to today.
Station 11, Jesus promises his kingdom to the good thief. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Let's reflect on these two criminals hung in the exact same predicament. Yet one mocked Jesus and one desperately trusted in him. Which one are you? Let's pray, thanking the Lord for his mercy and that he loves us and hears our cries the same way he heard the thief on the cross. Station 12, Jesus on the cross with his mother and his disciple John. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, there is your son. And he said to this disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. Jesus is continuously compassionate to those around him, making sure that his mother is cared for after his death. He was part of a community, just as we are. Let's pray together for the Genesis community, including our neighbors on all sides, and the ways in which we can continue to show Christ-like compassion for one.
Station 13, Jesus Dies on the Cross. By this time it was about noon and darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. And Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. When the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what had happened, he worshiped God and said, Surely this man was innocent. Then Jesus shouted out again, and he released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection, went into the holy city of Jerusalem, and appeared to many people. The temple curtain, or veil, was a thick, heavy curtain that separated the holy place of the temple from the holy of holies. No one was allowed to enter except for the high priest, and even he would only be allowed to enter once a year on the Day of Atonement. This very tall curtain was a physical barrier between humanity and God, symbolizing our holy God's unapproachability. When Christ died, the veil was torn, and Jesus, the great high priest, made God's throne in heaven accessible to every believer. Take a moment to stop walking. Close your eyes and imagine yourself in the throne room of God. There is beauty to behold on all sides, but above all, our Savior sits, waiting, with his hands open, ready to meet with us, ready to hear our every thought and hope and need. Let's meet with him now. At station 14, the final station, Jesus is placed in the tomb. Now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph. He was a member of the Jewish High Council, but he had not agreed with the decision and actions of the other religious leaders. He was from the town of Arimathea in Judea, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. He went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then he took the body down from the cross, wrapped it in a long sheet of linen cloth, and laid it in a new tomb that had been carved out of rock. This was done late on Friday afternoon, the day of preparation, as the Sabbath was about to begin. On Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, the mother of James and Salome, went out and purchased burial spices so that they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. 
on the way they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. The burial of Jesus makes it absolutely clear that Jesus really died on the cross. He didn't just appear to die. It's a mystery far beyond our ability to fathom that Jesus died physically and that in the process, he suffered the penalty of spiritual death for all sin, present, past, and future. As you make your way home, place the cross you previously made at your doorstep. Let it represent the foot of the cross of Jesus, the cross of hope, which affirms his resurrection. Our final station is the taking of communion. If you haven't yet prepared to take communion, pause and gather the elements you'll need, a cracker or bread of some kind, and any sort of beverage, juice, soda, water, wine. Once you have what you need, resume the recording to take communion. On the night before Jesus was betrayed, he shared a meal with his disciples, including Judas, his betrayer. During the meal, Jesus took a loaf of bread gave thanks, and broke it, saying, This is my body, broken for you. Take this, and eat it in remembrance of me. In the same way they did, I invite you to take your bread or cracker and eat it in remembrance of Jesus' body, given for you. Later, Jesus took a cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. In the same way they did, I invite you to take your beverage and drink it in remembrance of Jesus' blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Take a moment now to reflect on all that you have heard and experienced from the Stations of the Cross. Thank Jesus for his sacrifice and the reconnection you now have with God through him.
thank you for spending time walking and praying through the stations of the cross. Though Jesus was crucified and buried, we know Easter is coming. The story is not over. So look forward to Sunday when we celebrate our risen King.